joy this night to bring a word from the Word of God. And hear this word and seek to gain strength and power and to go forward for the Lord in every aspect of our lives. In the church, wherever we are, uh, this is where we come as soldiers of Christ to... uh, And to go out there into the battlefield. And then when we get wounded, we come back. And the Lord will minister to us and meet us. Well, if you open your Bibles to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3. Gospel of Matthew chapter 3, we're actually going to read from verse 13 to the end of chapter 3, and then and read verses 1 to 11. So, Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> then cometh Jesus from Galilee to be baptized But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Go to chapter 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain 
and shew with him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Amen. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts this night, and let us pray before we proceed. Heavenly Father, we thank thee, O God, for thy word. We thank you, Lord, that you demonstrate your power over the forces of hell, and that, Lord, you are mighty to crush them, and that, Lord, they cannot withstand thy power. And, Lord, that you have demonstrated your your kingship, your lordship over principalities and powers of darkness, and that, Lord, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And as we seek to understand thy word this night, we pray that we would learn what it is to live as followers of Christ, as his disciples, those who seek to seek him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that we may be one with him in everything we do in this life and in the next. Lord, help us this night to glean from thy word. Lord, may you be lifted up as we proclaim your truths. Help us to have hearts and minds that are fixed upon thy holiness and thy greatness, thy majesty, thy power. Lord, we pray for a greater view of our Savior. And we ask this in his mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, brethren, here we are, and in this world that we live in, we do face three common enemies, and the tested in these ways. We face the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. These are things that we each will face. The Lord faced them, and he faced them head on. And he faced them because he had to face them in order to show the enemy who is the king, of king who ultimately is the victor over sin. So the great captain of our faith has demonstrated to us in this passage that we read that the word of God is the power, the ability to overcome the evil one who seeks to destroy. And that is his task. And what did the Lord say about the devil? Well, we read about him in John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, the Lord said about him in chapter 8. Oh, sorry, John chapter 8, verse 14. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong section. John chapter 8, verse 44. He says, and this is his uh, occupation, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. 
He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth. He speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And the Lord also mentioned in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says he is the thief, and the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. have life and that they might have it more abundantly and so in Matthew chapter 4 the Lord has this ultimate battle this fight this hand to hand combat with the devil and we'll look to see how this how this occurs and then we'll look to see what can we learn about the Lord in all this combat that he in chapter 3 we see that the Lord himself after being baptized by John the Baptist then he says I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me that is Christ is mightier than shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John the Baptist testified of when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Just note the here. So you'll see the Holy Spirit coming down upon the Lord. And a voice from heaven, this is my beloved son, whom I well pleased, father, the son. Note that. Now the Lord, upon his baptism, well, being baptized by John, let me rephrase that, and the Holy Spirit coming upon him in power, right after, directly, it says in verse 1 in chapter 4, then... Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. In Mark, in Mark chapter 1, it says, And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And in Mark, we know it's a book of action. It's immediately, immediately, immediately. The Lord goes to work. After his baptism, he's endued with power. The Bible says he goes to war to be tempted by the devil. He has power to do this battle. So he doesn't go in there without being armed. 
So in the same sense, when men and women who are lost, when they don't have this power, are victim over and over and over again to the lies of the enemy, to the lies of this devil. When you're born again and you come to Christ, trust me, the devil will not leave you alone. He now has a bullseye on you and you're public enemy number one. Become a traitor to him and turned against him. You need power to fight the foe. And the only way to get that power is by looking to Christ. Is looking to Christ, the one who defeated him, the one who overcame him, who destroyed his works, the one who can grant you and I the victory over him. When we resist the devil, what does the Bible say? He will flee from us. What did Christ do? Let's read about Christ and see what he did. As we read, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. In verse 2, And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. Now bear in mind, forty days and forty nights, this is a common theme we see in the Scriptures. The Israelites, for forty years, were in the wilderness. For 40 years, and they disobeyed the word of God in the, in the wilderness. We'll come back to that. Uh, Moses was with the Lord in Mount Sinai for 40 days. He fasted, he didn't eat, but he was there with the Lord. Elijah did the same in 1 Kings. He was for 40 days praying and fasting, no food. It's a very common theme we see in the scriptures. Uh, Now, what we see here is that Christ was hungry after all this. He hungered, right? That's the Lord in his his humanness, the, the, the flesh, you could say. Deity, yes, the man God, as we teach. And uh, here he is in his humanness, hungered. And this is when the devil comes. He comes to attack at this point. In the first temptation, three, the first one it says here, when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou, notice that, if, he's questioning it, if thou be the Son of God, are you, if you are, or since you are the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, what a question. The devil is questioning the Lord if he is the Son of God. Doesn't he know that? He already knows that. He already knows that. So what's he trying to accomplish? But he answered and said, this is Christ, it is written, man shall not live by bread, but by... Quoting Deuteronomy, the second law, the second reading of the law. can make bread out of stones. That's easy. He's the to do that. When the Lord came into Jerusalem on the donkey, they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they were praising him. And 
Others said, stop these people from praising you. He says, I can't stop them. He goes, even the stones would worship me, rejoice and worship me. The Lord could do that. He's the creator. He's the one. The devil is a defeated foe. He nothing on the Lord, as the scriptures say. Yet he questions him in his weakness, in his hungered state. For you and I, often that's when we're in our weakest state. When we're, yes, hungry, famished, ill-nourished. Often to, okay, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat lots of it. It's a temptation for the flesh. Often that's when we're tempted. Lack of food. Those who are homeless or have no whatsoever, uh, they beg for it. They desire it with grave, and they will do anything to get food. And the devil would even use that against them. Those who beg, he would use that for an occasion to sin for that person. And the Lord here, being hungry, enters into that same temptation, recognizing its weakness. And he says, it is by the word of God that we should live. It's the bread of God, the, the bread that we need for our souls to feed upon that nourishes the spiritual need, number one, that we so need above the food. Perhaps, perhaps some of you have gone through that. Perhaps I've never fasted, but I know I've gone without food for a long time and where I've gone into prayer and gone into time with God's word and it was so much better than pursuing nourishment for the body. It really was. Now, on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, again, he's questioning it, if thou be the Son of God, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Lord's response is this. And again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. This is a reference again to Deuteronomy. Parallel here, as we'll see, as the Lord is in the wilderness, is similar to the Israelites in the wilderness. Now, this is a common comparison in Scripture as of old, as they were brought out of Egypt from their bondage, would go through the testing time in the desert. They would be tested over and over again. And in many times in their testing, they failed. They disobeyed the, law, the Lord, they disobeyed His Word, and they suffered the consequences for their, their disobedience. The Lord gave them the Word, but they disobeyed. The Lord here is in the wilderness. The Lord here is obeying the word. It's the opposite. He says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, as the Israelites did. They did tempt the Lord when they complained, Lord, bring us out here. We're going to die. We had food in Egypt. We had all these things. 
At, at this particular moment, Moses struck the rock and the, the water came out so the Israelites could quench their thirst in the wilderness. They were hard-necked people, as the scriptures say, and they did not obey the word. So for 40 years, they were in the wilderness. Imagine that, 40 years in the wilderness, just out of disobedience. If they obeyed, would it have been quicker? I don't know. I'm going to assume it would have been. 40 years is a long time. Yet the Lord is pointing the enemy, the tempter, to the word. And he says it, and the tempter questions him again, if thou be the Son of God. Now again, the third temptation, the devil takes him up into, it says, an exceeding high of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And now he didn't question him the third time, if thou be the son, but he says, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. His third response, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The Lord in his obedience conquered the devil on this occasion. The devil fled, left him. There's another comparison, another parallel, and that's in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. If you turn to Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, we'll see the comparison here. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the tempter here is called the serpent. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, now here, here it is, the twisting of the word of God. Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Here he is, tempting the first man and woman, tempting them to eat the forbidden fruit that the Lord said, don't eat. And the devil says, no, that's not true. It says, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, verse 6, And when the woman that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, there's the lust of the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave. eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. 
And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the darkness in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. The enemy lied, twisted the words, and made the first man and woman fall. There's disobedience to the first Adam and now the second Adam who is Christ in complete obedience to the word of God had victory over the devil. Now we see that the promise God makes, sorry, going back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and I will put enmity between the thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So as a to say baffles the tempter, confuses the tempter, because the tempter doesn't understand how he could be so defeated, yet he is completely defeated as he tries to twist the word of God to Christ. As you see, the second says, he actually quotes the Bible. He quotes Psalm 91 to Christ. He quotes Psalm 91, and it would be verses, uh, sorry, uh, 11 and 12, I believe he quotes. And he says, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. He is expecting Christ to test, see if God will do it. And Christ says, no, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Because that's what the Israelites did. And that's what happens every time you tempt the Lord, you lose. Now, the ironic thing is, in the end of verse 11, after Christ commanded him to leave, the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came. They actually came. And they ministered unto him. Here the devil is shown a loser as well. When he sees the angels ministering to Christ. Right? He tried to tempt Christ to call them to save him if he jumps off the temple. No. Didn't do it. Didn't need to. And they came after and ministered. This is similar to when Christ was born. And the angels came to shepherds and proclaimed the birth of Christ. And here the angels come again, proclaiming the victory of Christ over the enemy, the tempter. Now, the Lord has shown that he is victorious, that he is victorious over the enemy, that he has gained salvation. He has gained salvation who are here tonight, who trust in him, who look to him for all things. Because he's called us out of darkness into light. And now we are here, and we're his witnesses to go into the world. So what do we learn from some of what we've read here tonight? What are some of the things we can take away from this? Number one, that the word is prominent. The word of God is prominent. Jesus said that, Every jot and every tittle of the law 
will never be vanquished. It will always exist. He said it will never be vanquished. The Word of God is the authority for faith and conduct. Uh, we can't away from here tonight and live off of feelings and emotions and subjectivism. That's not called to We're called to live by the Word of God. Jesus not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. In Timothy, it says the word of God is good for correction, for rebuking, for encouraging us. It's meant for us, for believers. You know, think about it. The word of God is meant for believers. You know, the unbeliever won't feed on this. They won't take this to heart and be encouraged and strengthened and by it. They won't. The word of God is prominent. Christ quoted Deuteronomy three times here. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. We, Jesus is the word of God, as it says in the Gospel of John. The word logos is Greek for the word, the living spoken word. And Christ was the word and is the word that was in the beginning that created the heavens and the earth. He is that powerful. So when you read this, when I was reading through this, I was reading Matthew Henry on all this commentary. And yeah, it, it, it fathoms me that there's men with such a, a mind that they can see the deep riches of God and, and just expound it, open it. And obviously, if, if, if any one of us did that, we would, we would just be so committed to the Word of God. We would be so involved in it. We would devour it. And we would seek it like a miner seeking for gold, seeking for treasures and riches, and, and just being enriched by the Word of God. That's how I read this commentary. And it was so encouraging to read that. Now, the Word of God is prominent. That's critical here. That's what we learned. That's one of the main things we learn here. Number two, we need Christ. Yes, Christ saves us. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's a daily thing, right? If we're disciples of Christ, we're called to follow him. A disciple follows his teacher. And that's what his disciples did. The 12 disciples followed him. And they did what the teacher taught them. And they told others about him. And they brought others to the teacher. They brought others to Christ. They wanted everyone to know about him. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. And they came to him. And, and how is Christ? When he walked up to Matthew, follow me. What did Matthew do? He got up, followed him. He called John and James, sons of Zebedee. Come and follow me. He called Peter and Andrew, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He just called the details, but he just called them. And they followed him. They just gave it all up, everything they were doing, and just followed him. Who has that power? Only God does. That's Christ. The power of Christ. When he calls sinners out of darkness into the living light, they follow him. 
right? They want to follow him. He's given them that new desire as we heard this morning when Reverend Saunders preached on that. They want to follow him. Even if they have lost the desire to follow him, deep down it's there. It only takes the word of God to light up that flame or fan that flame again to make it burn and to cause that believer to start walking for him. And that happens in this life. That happens in this life. We get cold in heart. That happens. Now here's some encouraging words from... And if you open your scripture to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. The, the great writer of this chapter, and I believe it is Paul the Apostle. Hebrews verse 18. For in that he himself, that is Christ, has suffered being tempted... He is able to succor or to sympathize them that are tempted. Yes, he, te- he faced temptation greater than any man can ever face. Ultimately, the, the temptation in the Garden of Gethsemane was so overwhelming that he had drops of sweat of blood. No one has been None of us here have faced temptation so great that we would bleed. But Christ faced that temptation. He is able to sympathize with us, each and every one, as we go through various trials and temptations. Because still he faced them even to more and greater degrees. You go to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. Hebrews chapter 4, 15, 16. For we have not an priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. He knows. He knows. When you think you're going through the worst possible situation, You think, nobody knows what I'm going through. Oh yes, he knows. Jesus knows what trial you're going through. He is tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Without sin. Isn't that that amazing to know? That the Savior, who he's not like us. He doesn't have the sin nature. He's sin free, yet he temptation, but he has the power over that temptation, which you and I do not have. I can't go to my brother or sister in Christ and say, can you give me the help that I need to overcome this, this temptation? You can't give it to me. I have to go to Christ. Isn't that the case? Isn't that the amazing case? I have to go to Christ. And in verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that time of need is more often than we know. 
It's more often than we think of, but it, it's all the time. It's all the time. John chapter 17. To John chapter 17, this is the Lord's high priestly for his flock, his disciples. Verse 15 to 19, and I believe we'll end with this because it's high priestly prayer as it's called and how he prays for us, the church. And he says in verse 15, well, let's go back to verse 14, sorry. Verse 14. I have given them thy word. I'm speaking about the disciples, but this is the church forevermore. I have given them thy word, and the word, sorry, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So, brother and sister, we're not of the world. We are saved out of it. Verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou from the evil. In others, rendering would be the evil one. The evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 17, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. There's the criteria. The word. We are sanctified. We are sanctified through the word. As thou hast sent me. And for their sakes. I sanctify myself. That they also might be. Through the truth. So as we're reading the truth right now, we are being sanctified as it goes from our head to our heart, to the depth of our being, through our whole being. This will sanctify us, renewing our minds, the truth of God. No one else can say that. Only Christ can say that. I sanctify myself because he has the power and dominion over this earth, not the devil. Verse 20, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. So that's you and me. He spoke about the disciples here, but this word has gone on for generations, centuries, and millenniums. And here we are today with the very word that Christ spoke. And in verse 21, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Amen. So the Lord has sent the Savior and the world needs to know about him and you and I and we are to declare the Savior. The victory there to reach 
not heard any scriptures. You believe that? Never heard anything of the scriptures? You and I, we, we get a healthy dose of the scriptures. Ministry that we're involved in. I, I meet Christians even who don't get this high and they are I would say famishing sheep they hunger but they need the word of God they, they need the truth that's in there there's nothing of it interceding for us that he keeps us from the that we may be sanctified through his truth to go on for him that the world may know that there is a God and that through Christ that they would believe that they would believe that he was sent from the Father above Amen and we'll end our meeting there and I trust that the word God has done its work in us and continues and will continue throughout this evening as we sing his praises and as we go home tonight and we'll sing our final hymn hymn 334 my savior's love hymn 334 my savior's love and it is an everlasting love the savior has for is a love so wide and deep that we can will never grasp and understand. And how could the Lord have mercy on a sinner like me? And we'll stand to sing hymn three hundred and thirty four, My Savior's Love.
Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, O God, for this word that we have read this evening. And Lord, we're so thankful that, Lord, You are a mighty Savior. And that, Lord, where would we be without Your victory on the cross? Lord, where would any sinner be without the victory on the cross? Lord, we would be left to our own devices, our own ways, our own mind, and how we would work to get to some celestial paradise uh, on our own efforts. And yet, Lord, the cross settles the case for every blood-bought sinner. And Lord, the cross is mighty to save, and the work of your atoning blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness and speaks volumes to the Lord. And the Lord is pleased with this sacrifice. And Lord, we're in awe and wonder of your amazing love and grace towards us. How marvelous, how wonderful this love is. And Lord, we pray that we would rest in it, that we would Uh, Lord, just rejoice in the salvation that you have brought us. And Lord, help us to be men and women, boys and girls that love the Lord Jesus Christ and that seek to see him proclaimed and seek to see sinners come to the saving uh, grace that is found in Christ alone. Lord, may we be bold and courageous and faithful in our proclamation about Christ and telling others about how good he is. Lord, go with us this night, be with us throughout this week, and be with us before we gather again, Lord. And if we, for whatever reason, if whatever happens in the time, Lord, and there's uh, a, a time when we don't even meet again, Lord, I pray that we would be in eternity rejoicing with our Savior. And Lord, I I say that due to the shortness of life, Lord, and life is but a vapor. And Lord, we pray that in all these things that you will have the prominence in every aspect of our lives, that we would give thee the glory in all things. Whatever we do, let us do it with all our might, Lord, to your name's sake. And we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.